Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. Hey, everyone. Before we get started with the show, I'm excited to announce two things. First is that my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed, is now live on Amazon. So go get it. The second thing is we have a new sponsor, Qualified.com. I'm going to tell you about them in the next couple seconds here and also how you can get a free copy of my book thanks to them. So who are these people? Well, Qualified is the number one live chat and chatbot platform for Salesforce and Pardot. Sales reps can have real-time personalized conversations with who? Your hottest website visitors. So I want you to know, I don't just partner with anyone. I genuinely love these guys and the platform, we use it at my company. Our sales team loves it. We've closed a lot of deals based on it. Um, had a lot of great conversations with prospects too. So, you know, a lot of marketing these days is what? Hurry up and wait, right? Fill out this form. And then if we pass you over to sales, maybe you'll swap six emails with them to find a good time to talk. But what if a prospect is doing research right now and they would chat now? Why not give them the opportunity? So the best part is your company actually decides what leads are worth a live chat. There's a lot of noise out there. You don't want to talk to everyone. So Qualified actually connects to Salesforce and Pardot, and it's able to pull in lead and contact information. So you can specifically know if you're talking to a VIP, a VP, a decision maker. It's really kind of like magic. Now, if you don't know who someone is, well, what happens then, Casey? Well, that's when the bots come in handy. Chatbots can then ask you know, questions to further qualify a lead. Find out if maybe this is someone you do want to talk to. And they can book meetings while your sales team is out. And they can wake up the next morning with a bunch of meetings on their calendar. Now, here's the promo. If you are a company that wants to give your sales team this ability, right, to be able to talk to decision makers right when they're on your website, do this. Go to qualify.com and start a chat, right? They use their own tool, of course. Start a chat. Tell them that Casey sent you. If you have Salesforce Pardot, when you schedule and then do a demo, they will send you a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed. Not bad, right? Well, it's only while supplies last. So hop on this thing today. And that's it for sponsors. Let's get to the show. Oh, yeah, we're live. Let's do this. My guest today, uh, the energy, he was in the studio waiting minutes, hours beforehand, getting ready for you, getting ready to smash some myths. I'm stoked to introduce him. He's a keynote speaker. You'll see him on stage. He's an angel investor, a futurist digital marketing, and a video marketing CEO. We're going to talk all about video, all about remote selling, pivoting the transitions, a podcaster, two-time rising star award, five times telly award, the CEO at Wirebuzz, Todd Hartley. Welcome, sir. What is up, Casey? How are you, man? Man, I'm excited. We got, we got you up early. You're ready to go. We got, we got some things going on. We're going to talk video. We're going to learn about, I mean, what a perfect time to learn about it right now. And I got to pass you something real quick so we can start the show off. Uh, okay. It's heavy. Here, go ahead. Take this. I got it. You got it? Thor's yes. hammer. You got it. Okay. okay. Wow. Ugh. Yeah. You, you're wielding that pretty well. You, have you done that before? It looks a like a times. Na natural. Yeah. Take Thor's hammer and smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Just set the record straight once and for all. 
The first myth is people have short attention spans. And marketers buy into this every single day. Now, before I dispel this myth, uh, I grew up with really bad attention disorders and got help along the way. I struggled with it. I still struggle with it today. But I got help at the University of Arizona at the nation's leading uh, academic support program for students with attention disorders. Mm -hmm. And now I'm on the alumni board and I go and I work with students with attention disorders every semester. And my clients as a marketer, all we're doing is hacking attention. So the myth is people don't have shorter attention spans. If you don't believe me, think about the divot on your couch, Casey, from watching Netflix. Yeah. You don't have an attention span problem. You have an overabundance of entertainment options. And in doing so, this is why when you're on your run in the morning, like I am, you're changing to a different song every couple of seconds. I totally do that. It's an overabundance <laughs> of options. Yeah. So here's the deal. Go, you get into this next myth. May I dispel another one? Or well, hold on a second. So it's not a myth. myth. So we, we can keep track of things. We can binge on Netflix. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, Thank you. So attention is selective, bro. Okay. Like, for example, I'm a University of Arizona alum. I love U of A sports. I watch every football game and every basketball game. That's how I roll. Yeah. I, I don't have an attention problem because I'm interested. If you give me a book that I'm interested in, I will read that thing like a big bear with claws. But if you give me something that, that is boring, my attention kicks in and I have other options. Right. And the faster marketers understand that, that if your audience can't stay around long, maybe you need to up your game and become a better entertainer while you're telling your stories. Right, right. Huh. So, I mean, it goes to explain why you've got long podcasts, short podcasts. I'll listen to Joe Rogan for three hours, especially if I don't have other options. I think, you know, when you see a lot of podcasters listening, like you said, and commuting in the car and you, you can switch around, but if you find something that's just kind of, you dig, you just kind of, you're in the groove, you just let it go. Just go to go for hours. Casey as a speaker. I'm on, uh, in the old world, I was on far too many flights, right? Before oh, we were yeah. allowed to travel and interact with people and hug it out. And I could do 40 or 50 flights a year easily, no problem. And what I discovered is on some of the airlines, they provide TV and movies. The TV, there's a lot of options. So every time there's a commercial, I have an option to change and go to a different <laughs> set, you know, TV True. channel. But in the movie, because they do a good job entertaining me, I sit there for two full hours without thinking of changing the channel. We yeah. don't have an attention problem. We have a entertainment problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been on some flights where, you know, it lands and you're at the last 10 minutes. You're like, oh, no shit. I got to know what happens. So yes. everyone's getting their bags, get standing up and you're like, okay, can I catch that last minute to see what happens or I have to wait for the next flight? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff, dude. Awesome. Well, okay. So the tension, it is there. And so knowing that that's a myth, does that mean the longer stuff is in, we don't have to just go for like the, the, the vine, the, you know, the, the short video kind of thing. Casey, I work with kids with attention disorders, dude. Yeah. So the, it's so obvious to see that if you are interesting, they'll stay with you. So what does that have to do with, mm. with videos? Well, when your company is creating business videos, the other myth people have is 
hey, look, um, these shorter videos are better. And I hear marketers say this all the time. And in my head, I think that's a bad marketer because there is an echo chamber of bad marketers giving bad advice and then it becomes wisdom. Yeah. But here in my office, we do, we create over 3000 client videos a year. And in those videos, I can go and do the the best thing. I can go and look at the data and the data is where all the decisions are. And yeah. And the more you've got in your analytics, the more answers you have. And if you want somebody to buy which is why you do these. Yeah. Longer videos have a higher ROI. Really? Yes. And but that doesn't mean here's the next problem people get into. Most novices think of video as one type of video, but there's like 15 different types of videos. Uh, right. So it's impossible. It's actually a, a bad question to ask how long should a video be? Because each video is like a tool in your tool shed and different tools have different responsibilities and, and core abilities. So you have to grab the right tool for the right scenario. So for a 15 second ad, you know, the reason somebody like Facebook walks around telling everybody and their speakers that, you, you know, 15 second ads are great and you should use them and shorter videos is better is because Facebook has ad inventory. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just... It's obvious. Right. 15 second ad to peak interest, but that's not the only video you're going to need. Right. Look at the success of our, our 15 second videos are amazing. These are amazing. They're so successful. Make more of them. People spend more money on our platform. Yes. Yeah. Thanks Facebook. (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, it makes sense. Every business on the sun goes around and talks about the product. It's, it's not their fault. I mean, sure. But people look at that as being, the wisdom of God and the yeah, like gospel is, truth, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, if it, there's, there's at two o'clock in the morning when uh, Casey was hitting the bars back in the day and you would come home with that pizza that you got and you'd sit in front of the TV, you watch an infomercial and the yeah. infomercials hold your attention because they know the secret. <laughs> and the secret is, is, um, is tension and tempo and picking up your pace and slowing it down and then providing visual stimulus and giving people the next breakthrough epiphany. So there's a whole world out there for people who are ready to acknowledge that shorter videos is a myth and longer videos close deals better. And that's a really fun world to be able to convince and convert prospects that are going through a buyer's journey. Totally makes sense. And I could see how a longer video, you know, if somebody watches your 30 second thing, there's no commitment there. That was like, they had to maybe. I just watched one on Facebook this morning. It was like, this is a really cool thing. And I want to see the end of it. Oh, I got to watch your stupid. There's no commitment there. But if I watch like 45 minutes of your product demo, like, holy shit, sales should probably call them, you know? Yes. Dude, let's have some fun for a second. If yeah. I want to di- just annihilate this myth, I'm opening up my uh, speaker slide right now. So give me two seconds. Yeah. I have a slide about Facebook's recommendations on how long a video should be. Okay. And I also have a slide on how, um, on YouTube's recommendations on how long they should be. So let me just bear with me for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ask me, you can ask me another question and I'll get to it. Yeah. Or I could just blather on like I'm really good at, which is I, I can imagine what YouTube 
would suggest their length maybe uh, associates with their inventory in Facebook. I mean, that's why, you know, at some point I'll be interested to know what, what's your length. If you're making 15 different types of videos, like, what do you see? Yeah. Do you see a golden length, but in, to your point, maybe there isn't one because it's just different types for different situations. All right. Now here, I, I, I know that you're a Pardot guy and I love Pardot. Um, I did an interview recently with Marketo's global head of marketing, Paolo oh, cool. Martins. They've got a four minute demo on their website. It nice. is their highest conversion tool they have. Wow. In fact, in their data, this four minute conversion video um, increased conversions 1100% and increased the speed at which a new qualified lead became a new lead became a marketing qualified lead six times. Longer videos are where buyers are, but let's talk quickly about Facebook. When Facebook was asked inside of their, inside of their like frequently asked questions section, there's a section on, on understanding video distribution on Facebook. Okay. And in there, Facebook says, make longer videos that engage people and inspire them to watch to the end because that's where buyers are. And then it says a couple lines down, we prioritize longer videos, three minutes or more that inspire people to continue watching. Now let's pump our brakes on the on the um, inspire people to continue watching. See, that's like inside of the Facebook world. And as you'll, you'll um, understand in YouTube, they have this same exact goal, Hmm. which is the same goal that every business has, by the way, every business has their own (laughs) platform. So don't think of of it just like YouTube or Facebook on your website. You want to keep people there as long as you possibly can, because the longer you keep them there, the more knowledge you can transfer, the more beliefs they'll have about your business, the more likely they're going to want to buy. So they want to keep people on YouTube and Facebook for the same reasons, because it enables people to stay on their platform and watch more ads. It is a business goal. Now, when you look at YouTube, they say, quote, we focus on those videos that increase the amount of time that the viewer will spend watching videos on YouTube. In fact, you'll love this. How long do you think the average length of a video ranking on the first page of YouTube is? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I I definitely do YouTube binges all the time. Right. We all do. Uh, Five minutes, maybe. Okay. Four. Okay. So the average length of a video ranking on the first page of YouTube is 14 minutes and 50 seconds. Whoa. Myth dispelled. 14 minutes. Wow. Why? Because their business goal is the same as any other business. Keep people on your platform as long as possible. And the businesses that adjust Mm. to longer videos can do a better job. It's like turning your website into your best salesperson. Right. But did you just say that uh, Marketo had this sexy four-minute video that was magic? So in, yes. I guess in, in that situation, that was yes. magic, but they maybe yes. had longer ones too? Oh, I, that, I just know that that's like on their, on their homepage. homepage. Yeah. One of the things they're pushing people into is a four-minute demo. Got now, it. now um, um, money marketers at this point are like, cool, so we should probably create a four-minute demo. But the yeah. reality is... Marketo's story is different than Pardot's story. Mm. And Todd's story that I need to transfer, my knowledge and belief patterns that my prospects need to have in their head before buying from me is a no-brainer, is different than Casey's story. Sure. Right? So resist yeah. the temptation to think there's magic numbers. 
Ah, right. Just create something that commands people's attention because it's really interesting. And make it as long as it's interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, think about this. You're sitting around um, uh, talking to a friend and you're telling a story. Do you ever say, I've only got, I'm going to tell you this story, but I'm going to keep it within 90 seconds. The reality is you allow the story to dictate how you tell it. Yeah. And in my audience too. Yeah. Sometimes if I get a little long and we're with another couple and I mean, this is, you know, back in the world when my wife and I could be around other people I know, right? and we could go to restaurants and drink wine. But if my story got a little long, my wife would tap on my leg. Right. And I go, Oh, mm. I should probably wrap this up. This is the way the world works. We yeah. don't think about time. We think about stories and telling them right. And that's the way you should do it with your videos. And that makes sense. I mean, some people, if they're just like, laughing right we're having a we're in the flow we're just that story might go on for 20 minutes if it's if it's fun but for other people you know long and the short is i fell over and i you know dumped the bucket right like right done uh depending on the audience and so you're right it's different on the story yeah different information needs to be transferred right you know i was once at um uh sort of this party with uh some friends and colleagues and uh one of the persons in our group started telling a story with details. And, uh, there's definitely had been some drinks there that night. And so, um, when we were listening to the story, it was like detail after detail after detail. And it was so many details. It was terrible, but it was hilarious that it was so terrible. So it was just like a, a car wreck. There's too many details, but I, I it's your audience. It's the situation. It's the story. And marketers have to learn from that. Yeah. Like, like some marketers make the mistake and you can see it when you go onto their webpage that they provide a wall of text. Yeah, and they haven't uh, they haven't been discerning of what are the most important details. Like, what are the big three that we need to communicate? Right, because with text, you have a you don't you have you have a higher attention span uh, trigger that makes people think that they makes them recognize they have other options. Yeah. So with text, you have to be more succinct. Yeah. Especially long text, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, To your point. Yeah. Too long. Didn't read. I had to teach that to someone the other day. Yeah. T-L-D-R. Yeah. When you study people, like if you've seen the studies where people put goggles on their eyes, Hmm. they get into a paralysis analysis when they get onto a page because what their eyes really do. And I'm such a nerd for this. What their eyes really do is the first thing is they read at the top of the page. They read like four words, but they don't read the full sentence or the title. They just read a grouping of words. Then they skip down the page. They read a couple more words, but it might be like a paragraph or two down the page. Uh Everything's out of context. Then they come down the page. They look at an image. They obsess on the person's eyes and smile. They go around on those. Then they go down to the the bottom of the page. They kind of uh, like a shark, start swimming around, like irritated, come back up to the top of the page. Now they don't see what they're looking for and they do what you do. They get irritated and they impulsively bounce to the next website. Right. I call this skim, skip, bounce. And the way that you stop that kind of hummingbird pattern that people go through is they zip, zip, zip through a web page yeah. because we're all efficient with our time. The way that you pump the brakes on them is you give them a video because people will stay on that page twice as long and you could do more of a knowledge transfer. 
it has to be, I mean, it has to be good or whatnot. I mean, they hit, but you got to hit, get them to hit play. But then if they do, you're right. They're, they're going to stop their neurotic scanning of all these different areas. And like, what do we have here? <laughs> right. It's, it's exactly why on the cover of every magazine, when you go into a supermarket next to the plexiglass that the, uh, the, you know, person behind the register yeah. is, you know, uh, that looks like a bank teller. Um, when you go up there and you're looking at the magazines, sex and skimpy outfits because oh, yeah. they're all competing for attention span and they're reeling you in. Yeah. And if they had like a Harry Potter magazine where the cover was moving, you'd be all about that. You'd, all about it. You get sucked into that right away. That's right. Yeah. Huh. You, know, you mentioned there's 15 different types of videos. Is that, is that, is that your number or is guessed. it, there's, there's many. There's many. I Could don't you just know. throw different ideas? One's at us. You mentioned the yeah. Marketo one. What other kind of types are okay, there? Okay, so I'll give you the most common. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most common would be a, an explainer video, also known as an overview video. It, by the way, do, do any of the, if you have any like pet peeves or best practices on these two as you're going through them. Okay, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. Uh, the explainer video or the over video typically with smart marketers lives on the top of a website or a web page, or a landing page. And the reason I said on the top, it's because it's the most valuable asset and needs to live be- above anything that you scroll. Got it. So if you don't see it when you come onto the page, because people are four times more likely to watch a video than to read text, meaning right. it's that much more powerful than anything written on the page, lead with it. And, um, and so that's like a pet peeve of mine, like marketers bury the most valuable asset. And then I even see them hide it in a right side column on the page, which people have already blocked out because that's where ads have (laughs) gone. That's where ads go. Yeah. Right. So front and center, big play button screen, click on me, you know, in our brain when we see a big play button and, um, and that video should be covering the high level details of your product, if it's mm. a product overview or a company, if it's a company overview. And um, so that's that video. The next video is a testimonial. Like I'm going to give you right now the three most important videos that yeah, every perfect. business should have. Okay. And candidly, if you have a product, I like these three videos on that product's landing page. Mm. Because I want the landing page to be like a bowling lane with bumpers. Okay. I don't want people bouncing around your website, going into other bowling lanes. I want you to create one clear path because the, because the more hoops you make people go through, the less of your message they're going to digest. Yeah. At some point they're going to stop hopping. Yeah. That's right. Top of the page overview video. Also notice as an explainer length of time for me, it doesn't matter. Okay. Got it. Which makes me kind of a pariah in the world of video marketing. And when I say it doesn't matter, it means it only matters how entertaining and how much information you can give, but I like them to be short and succinct Yeah. because it's an overview video. Yeah. So I don't know, three minutes is totally fine. Then, uh, uh, then the next video you're going to need is a testimonial video. Right. The testimonial video features one of your rock star clients telling their story of transformation, 
where the client is the hero of the story, not yes. your product and not your solution. Your, That's a your big CEO. trap right there. We fall into yes. that trap all the time, right? Forcing people, I, I, some Facebook ad, I kept harassing them. Uh, it was a video ad and you had these two people that are supposed to be saying how much they love this IT software. And they're sitting there. They look like they were literally in like North Korea or something. Yes. And they're being forced as a POW to say this video. And I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> What's You're going just, on? Dude, you are spot on. What they know, what companies normally do is they take like a, a 2007 approach to their testimonial. Mm. They hold their phone and yep. they film somebody that's pushed up against the wall. That's yeah. like a mug shot from police <laughs> booking. And they I can't figure out why people don't gravitate towards it. Yeah. That story, that, that, that testimonial is a story. It is an emotional transformation. And the reason it needs to feature your best client telling a story about how they struggled. I mean, stories all have a, a very, a very common structure, which I'm not going to get into in great detail here, Right, right. but the structure is about, about struggle and frustration and uh, uh, looked at different options that didn't work for them until mm -hmm. they met and think of Luke Skywalker, their lovable mentor, Obi-Wan, yes. who mentored them all the way through to their transformation so they could return to their life heroic. Yeah. It's a heroic transformation story. And companies that tell that in their testimonials and lay a, a music bed and use supportive B-roll, B-roll for those that don't know, is like, if you're looking at my face right now, that's A-roll. That is footage of me. That is the primary camera. That is the A camera. The B, the B-roll is supportive video that shows what I'm saying. Yeah. So if I was talking about bowling and the, um, the bumpers, I would be showing supportive B-roll while I'm talking of kids bowling and their ball hitting the pins because the bumpers kept the balls in the lanes. Right. And when we show and tell, we move more people through the process because the whole goal is just like YouTube's goal as a business, just like Facebook's goal, the whole goal is getting everybody or as or buyers yeah. to the end so they can have that epiphany and make a purchase. Right. Right? So um, one more video. Yeah. By the way, the heroic story makes total sense. I I could see like um, I don't know if you have like webinars on that topic, but just the idea of like how to feature your customer. We always just feature ourselves all the time. And I mean, I'm guilty of this. I was thinking, oh yeah, let's get some testimonial. Talk all about how amazing we are. Or even in a, a written one, talk about how amazing we are. And it's like, no, we're, we're Yoda. We're Obi-Wan. Like right. the customer is the Jedi, you know? And it's a subconscious thing that happens to a prospect when they're looking at it. So if you're trying to sell to a doctor, a medical device for surgery, hmm. right? Yeah. This video needs to feature a surgeon from the same specialty as the one you're trying to sell to. Right. And that surgeon in a perfect world should be a key opinion leader that everybody you're trying to sell to is like, no way. Dr. Jones uses this. He's the <laughs> best. <laughs> right. Okay? Yeah. So, And then as you're doing that story, go there and go to Dr. Jones's 
office and show his office and show his operating room and his staff working because your prospect, who's also a surgeon from the same specialty, will have the attention span to look at that doctor's setup and his office and his team and go, oh, wow, so that's how he does it right? You're telling a deep story. You've commanded their attention the whole way. You dropped a light music bed that inspires people. So when they're done, they're ready to reach out and make a purchase. Yeah. Okay. Those are fun videos, man. I love doing those. Those don't get recorded with your cell phone and one take. Those are multiple camera angles, they're um, you know edited. They might take a couple of weeks in post production mm. to edit, but they're an investment that a business can use to generate more money, significantly more money right. for the next three to five years. So if you right. sell the different types of customers, meaning different personas, using the surgeon example, if you got a breast surgeon and, and you got to create a page just for breast surgeons, right? And if you are selling to um, a gynecological oncologist, you should be creating a page just for them. Right. And don't, and don't have a video featuring some other random specialty. Cause they're like, that's what, are, what do the podiatrists know about what I'm dealing with? They don't exactly. know. Exactly. Cause yeah. the, your goal as a marketer is alignment with that audience. Yeah. That whole page, every video has to be the words, the photos, massive freaking alignment with that audience. Because the more alignment, the more the person says, Oh, this is for me. Right. And they start to get excited. So that's the testimonial video. Did you have any questions about that? No, that's great. I love it. Right. Now, we're also going to talk in a few moments, and I'm teasing forward, about how you spy on your prospects, nice. you evaluate their digital body language, so you know in this remote world of the thousands of people you're trying to sell to, ¿Quién es más macho? Like, who is ready to buy? Who's showing me <laughs> the interest signals through the digital body language? Yeah. We'll get to that later on. But Pardot works perfectly for this with a couple of uh, product integrations. We'll get right. on that in a moment. So that's the uh, second video. The first one, remember, is an overview video. Right. It could also be called an explainer. The second one is a testimonial. Because once they've got in their head, oh, now I understand the product. The next logical thing in the thought sequence is, well, I understand it, but who else uses this? Yeah. Okay. And I'm kind of, Casey, you'll see, I'm kind of a hybrid marketing sales optimization guy. Sure. And the reason is I own an agency. So as I'm going through sales, when the prospect asks me questions, it's easy for me to understand where they are in the decision-making process by the complexity of the question. Right? right. The same is true for marketers. When you're laying out the page, the page should be from the logical thought sequence of something like, you know, um, what do I care about right now? Yeah. To uh, what is the real problem I'm trying to solve? The third thing is why competitors' products are or solutions are aren't the solution for you. Why they are inferior. And now you get to the breakthrough moment when you can talk about your product and why it's the best. Mm-hmm. And the final thing is any late stage hesitation questions that come up. Financing? Oh, yeah, are right. there any discounts? And so many marketers struggle with that because they don't have enough real-time reps, repetitions like shooting hoops. And then analyzing the feedback from the prospect mm. being face-to-face or on calls. And they're not the ones 
understanding the path to purchase. So the people that are actually best right. at doing this, like when we go, we roll in for, I don't know, it could be a startup that's already got some experience. It could be a billion dollar company. The first people I want to talk with are their best salespeople. Yeah. And not the marketers because the best salespeople have already optimized the path to purchase. I know you yep. intuitively get that. So those are the first two videos on that journey page or on yep. the website. And the third video is an implementation video. Like, like how do you implement this into your life? Or huh. how do you connect Pardot to uh, your, um, you know, your other tools, like your email tool. And in doing so, like I, I use Salesforce, right? You know, how does this thing all, how do they those, connect? Yeah. Yes. Those are late stage hesitation questions. And if you can build that into an implementation video, now you're cooking with gas and yeah. people are buying because, you know, the most important stat for today's world before the quarantine. Yeah. So, and the reason I say this is this number has to go up because of the quarantine. When asked, when buyers were asked, um, what percentage of them were interested in talking to a salesperson before they were ready to make a buying purchase? Yeah. 82% of them said they were not interested in talking to a salesperson until after they went through the decision-making process. <laughs> and now because of the quarantine, that number has to be up into the 90% range. Because as I point to my empty office behind me, right. salespeople aren't walking in. Like, I don't want to interact with a salesperson. I don't even want to interact with Girl Scouts at the market. Right. I want to buy Girl Scout cookies, but I really don't want to interact with salespeople. And in that world, Carvana is an option. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Everything is now because we'd rather go and do our own purchase and have it brought to us than interact with, with salespeople that make us feel icky. Yeah. Yeah. Like buying, it's your Carvana, like buying a car you know, haggling in the marketplace, you just always feel like a loser. Like, Ooh, did I get a good deal? No, they sold it to me. So I must not have gotten a good deal. Right. <laughs> now, Marketo's video is a product demo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are um, tutorials. There are frequently asked question videos. Frequently asked question videos are great on social if they're helpful mm. and those get used. And then there's also frequently asked question videos at the end of the customer journey which are like late stage frequently asked questions, you know, like financing options. Yeah. Yeah. Payment so and all policy, that. Casey, what if I don't like this? Like put that in a video. Yeah. Hey, if you don't like this, no worries. We'll take care of you. Click by. <laughs> it's so all good. A lot of webinars would fit in there. You okay. know, as a different type of a video. So you know, I think I really do, dude, I started off working in a hardware store as a kid. And I look at videos like tools at the hardware store. Yes. Different tools for different, you know, different projects. Well, that's why it's great that you're here to talk us through them because, you know, I, I'm, I'm good with some tools at Home Depot, but there's some, there's some goofy looking things that I, I can't even imagine what they're being used for, you know? And it, I have such a bad ADD that if <laughs> I go to Home Depot, I could sit there forever and just be like, well, I could, I don't even, I could put these things together and try to straighten my toe that's going in the wrong way. And I can like, <laughs> go down the hallway and go, what if I switch this? I, I do that all the whole time. I'm annoying in there. Yeah. I mean, especially you get into the little um, tool set in the tool mini section with the different turns and twists and I love it. Uh, no face masks available, but for sure they've got, 
hammers and weird types of screws and yeah, all that stuff. Um, question for you on that too. Um, cause you mentioned these different kinds of videos and you mentioned that with the testimonials, we're not just pulling out our flip cam here and just doing, a, you know, our own little amateur video. I, sometimes the question around quality, do you, do I need to go quality? Do I need to look like it's a Coca-Cola ad or can I get by with half of that? What's yeah. the deal? All right. I love the question and it deserves a very sincere answer. Sure. If your business is in the early days, my saying is, and from the stage I teach it, use what you got. Yeah. Use your phone, right? And, um, and then circle back later after you generate revenue and upgrade it, right? But don't create right. limiting beliefs thinking you need to be uh, Martin Scorsese or <laughs> you need to have a super expensive $100,000 camera for anybody to take you seriously. People love and rely on video so much as a knowledge transfer tool that they would rather see a DIY, thinking Home Depot, do it yourself video yeah. than one that isn't there. So serve people. Yeah. And speaking of, speaking of DIY and Home Depot, um, their client art, Home Depot's got something like five different stores with studios, video studios, huh. all over the US. Jeez. And people don't know that. They crank out DIY videos all the time. Why? Because people, it's a lead generation tool for them. If you can show how to lay down the, um, the grout and put down the tile, hmm. people now have the confidence to walk into that store and make a purchase and DIY it. With your videos, make sure, use what you got at the beginning. And then as your company grows, level them up. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, I could see that. Um, I think in the past, a lot of people were hesitant to get into video because they felt like they had to hit some supreme standard or, or hire an agency to, to bring in the four camera crews. But to your point, when you, when you can do that, you should upgrade them. I you know I've heard something where some of the bigger corporations are trying to like dumb down their videos, make them look more DIY while some yeah. smaller companies are trying to make them look a little bit more like the enterprise videos. Are you seeing that too? Yeah, I, I, I think we're all trying to connect. Oh, yeah, we're yeah. We're all trying to connect in a variety of different ways. If your business is a startup and you have some, some resources, you're trying to connect with people to show that you're legit. Yeah. If your business is a juggernaut, sometimes they try to dial it back to connect in a more intimate way. Right. And we all do this in our human life. You know, we do this as we go on dates or develop relationships or in sales and video is no different. Sure. Yeah, that's true, right? You're either trying to be more than what you think yourself is or less than what you think yourself is. Yeah, I got a great to... story. I got a great story. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I showed up for a interview for a Amazon Prime show. And, oh, wow. uh, and, and so I'm in the green room and I can see that there's somebody being interviewed. So I, I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but he is... He's a dear friend now, but this is how I met him. Um, he's a spiritual guru okay. and a best-selling author and on Oprah and all that good stuff. And so I, I see him. I'm like, oh my God, he's there. So I'm not excited. And I start watching his interview. Then he stays and watches mine because he's got to fly home after. And, <laughs> um, and so we start talking and he says, hey, do you want to go uh, grab some pizza? I've got a flower. 
Well, I'm super interested because, you know, my wife's a, a, a yoga therapist and sure. a guru. And so I, I've got this kind of uh, um, self-help spiritual kind of interest <laughs> oh, in for my sure. life. Yeah, so here. I go to lunch with him. He's trying, we're trying to relate. And this is like marketers trying to relate to their, to their, um, their customers. Yeah. We're trying to connect with each other, which is what salespeople do every single day. And he's not using his spiritual words. He's using dude and bro. <laughs> and I'm trying to use my <laughs> groundedness, which I'm like all over energetic bouncy. And the <laughs> two of us are trying to be different than we are so we can connect with each other. Wow. And we do this in, in life all day long. And marketers need to get really savvy at doing it because the salespeople already rock it every day. What, what happened? Uh, did you eventually switch places or did you, know, you laugh at yourself later on that you're like, wow? Yeah, I... Um, we had the best conversation. It went on for maybe two, three hours. We even walked around and went shopping into a major bookstore because <laughs> his book just came out. And we looked at his book and we'd laughed and had a good time. And then, um, my, and then I was speaking in uh, his hometown like four weeks later. My wife was with me. Now we all went out and obviously it just became a, 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 a really good friend. And it happens yeah. that way. But in those relationships, we all connect. Yeah. Connection is all about relatability and going back to video. Yep. When you make your videos relatable or intimate or personal and you do it in a, in an authentic way, people appreciate it. So even if you have to DIY your videos, do it in an authentic way and it's okay. It'll actually attract people like a magnet to you. Yeah. Being, being your real self. I, I could see you could invest so much in time and energy into a fake video. And then doesn't matter how long it is. Doesn't matter how much you spent on it. If you're not authentic, you're not connecting with people, you're not well, relatable, then they're just dude, like, you whatever. Into a myth. Yeah. Yeah. Busted. You still uh, have the hammer. Do you need it oh, back? I'm such a, I'm such a pariah on this topic. Yeah. Here it goes. If you're trying to get people to relate, if you're yeah. trying to demonstrate authenticity, do not use green screens. Oh, wow. Let me tell you why. The entire time. And there's a lot of video marketers that are like, yeah, we'll just put up a green screen. We'll put some... Entire time, everybody watches. They see the cutout around the person's head. And they look at them and they go, that's not real. They right. don't have that view of the ocean, right? Uh, and, then they, and then they're looking at it like, can I even trust this guy? He's probably in his mom's basement, you know? And all you really should be doing is be authentic. That yeah. doesn't mean if the room you're in has an ironing board or a six foot high glass bong on the table, <laughs> that you can choose that angle. You know, you can twist off your Maybe angle. Maybe you should move that bit. to the left a little bit. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, with Zoom these days, we got the we got the funky backgrounds and thankfully my laptop's not strong enough to handle just the automatic non-green screen background. Uh, but yeah, I see people all the time. They're at the beach or um, uh, I think I did a, a prep call the other day and, and someone was like, is it like the fake office or it was like, yeah. Hey, here's my real bookshelf, you know? Right. Um, and I thought the bookshelf was more interesting. It's like, Hey, this is you, you know, I want to <laughs> see the real you. 
I was on a, a, a webinar or a, a podcast interview. Who knows what these things are? Anymore. Yeah, right. And <laughs> what right. is this even? What are we doing here? What is this? I don't so even know. Just this, just this week, I was on one and I know the guy. I've, my, our families are friends. Nice. And, and I'm like, I've been in his house. Now I'm looking at in the backdrop. I was like, oh, they must have remodeled his office and his house. It looks great. And there's a photo of his family. I'm, that's such a cute photo. The whole time I'm like, that's, wait a minute, that's not his office. That's not, that's not the layout. Then now I'm thinking, can I trust this guy? You yeah. Know, that's the subtle things, the clues that people are looking for right. when they're in those conversations. Authenticity is always the way to go. Yeah. You know, I did an interview the other day and there was like a big Canadian flag in the background. It's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, simple. The office. Somebody walked by the other, you know, like ten minutes ago. It was awesome. Yeah, it was real. Oh, in my office. Yeah, <laughs> it was behind plexiglass. People, don't worry. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're all quarantined in our own section. Right, right. You know, it's interesting. So, would you, you know, dot dot dot, then recommend not using the sort of funky green screen backgrounds on like Zoom calls? Yeah, I'm not. I'm actually not a fan of them in videos. So yeah, video. Yeah, because you're right. You know, the whole time you're looking at the halo around the person. It's not perfect. So you see this sort of like gray, like this magic silhouette. Their their chakras are kind of coming through on the video here. And, yes. And you're distracted by that. I mean, my my goggle eye research would probably just show me looking at the, all the fuzziness and not listening to the words or the mouth moving. You know, this is all about knowledge transfer. And if people yeah. are spending twenty percent of their mental processing power thinking about how inauthentic your um, engagement is or your video, then you've missed them getting to the end of the video where they want to make a buying decision. Right. But like I, I bring this up all the time. So we do like 3000 videos a year. And of those 3000 videos, what percentage or what number of them are green screened? Yeah. Um, I know that uh, we might've done six videos last year that were green screened. Out of 3000, what you said? Yeah. Or? yeah. Wow. And these were, this was a national sales meeting, a couple, like maybe four or 500 sales reps for this company. Sure. And we do a, um, a spoof video on a different theme every year for this company. Some years it's a, it's a country Western theme. So we green screen it <laughs> the whole country, right? Some years it's, but it's always filmed in the same place, nice. in the same studio with the same green screen. And this year it was about spring training because it was supposed to be here in Scottsdale, Arizona during March, but they had to cancel it. Right. So everybody was in baseball outfits and we put in uh, different baseball scenes behind them. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. That's I mean, in, in the, video. the spoofs are fun like that, but you know, and I think about star Wars, some of them have like CGI and some of them, they just had to figure out shit and make it real and, and trick our minds. And, and then you can kind of, I don't know. There's all whole clamshell on that one, but you can kind of tell. And I don't like the ones where it's super CGI because I'm like, eh, you know, I, I know it's not real. I can tell it's not perfect. It, I, right. But things like the old school movies like Ben-Hur, where they literally had 5,000 people in the arena <laughs> cheering him on. I'm like, that's amazing, you know? And then yeah. you see like them like CGIing people into se sections now. And you're like, okay, there's not really that many people there. But right. in the old days, you, you knew they really did fill that arena with people. It's crazy. It is crazy that they had to go to that length. And it's crazy that it's so good today that our brains don't even really realize that it's fake. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's the whole point. And if you bring up questions that it could be fake, then what else is fake is what the words you're saying fake and is everything else. So that makes total sense. You know, you, you had mentioned that you kind of sort of like dropped the hint that we would talk a little bit about, you know, reading that body language of people and you know how marketers don't really get that. So you want to be able to see them face to face and understand what their body language is saying. What, what's your, how do you, how do you make all that magic happen with video? Um, if, does it help you if I visually show you or yeah, can I yeah, you, you could do that for sure. And I think the people that are watching on YouTube would see it and then everyone else listening, I'll just try to describe it and right. you'll just have to check out the real, the real deal. I mean, this is a video that topic is, after all. It is a video topic. All right. I'd like to, if I could, I'd like to ask for permission. I think I've already got it. Permission to share my screen and yeah, go for it. All right, here we go. All right, I see the island again. The ominous. That's yeah, no fun. All right, I'm not going to do it. I got too many monitors in front of me. <laughs> yeah, monitors. right. I'll just tell you what it is. Okay, yeah, tell me about um, it. The first time I did this was in 2015, and I connected the uh, CRM to the marketing automation to the email tool and, um, and video player. Okay. Those connected together in... My 30-day free trial allowed me to generate $350,000 in new revenue, right? Nice. And I started cooking with gas because what I realized was inside of the, the marriage between those four tools was the data that I didn't have before, which is the digital body language of my prospect. How interested, what level of attention are they giving me? Mm-hmm. And in knowing that, we set up a trigger that if anybody goes through our videos and they, or our client videos, yeah. over 80% of the video, at the 80% mark, the sales rep gets an email yeah. with that prospect's contact information. So if you're hosting a webinar, if you're having an event, if they're already in your database, yeah. or you have to create that irresistible offer that gets them into your database, sure. then all you have to do is track who's watching. And then I would show you right now the back end heat map of a viewer. And that back end uh, heat map is a really good indicator of what that person's thinking because you can see if they stop and go back and watch a spot mm. or if they watch the video five times, seven times, or what part they keep watching over. And then you can also go on a, um, that's like an individual lead level. You can go up one level and look at all of your prospects and quickly scan to see which ones are crushing your videos. Then allow marketing automation yeah. to do its rightful job with the people that are giving you low attention span and allow your human salespeople to do the responsible follow-up with people that are showing the digital body language, right. the attention span signals of a buyer. Right. And in doing that, instead of me trying to service every single prospect with the same level of urgency, I now could focus in la- with a laser focus on the people that were ready to buy right now. And, right. That, oh, and that just changed everything. It turned our nine-week sales cycle into three weeks Yeah, because now we knew and we had urgency with some people. And then I was going to be speaking and I'd be on stage. My team would also give me a rundown of everybody who's crushing our videos. Mm. And I would have them in my jacket with their LinkedIn photo and their title and what videos they watched. So if I showed up somewhere 
And I had seven people out of a thousand people that were crushing my videos. I could pull up like a detective and go, oh, right, that's Jenny from company XYZ. And then as I'm walking through the crowd, I'm looking for Jenny. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I need to make a human connection while I'm there with Jenny right. to move her to the next step, the next step in the process. Or another covert way of doing it is if you see that Jenny and her colleagues are crushing it and you're going to be somewhere, maybe you're a speaker, then add examples for the exact type of company is Jenny in your speech to me. It's just obvious. Use the data to help you convince and convert faster. Right. Right. And I, I, what I like about this is it's the exact opposite of like spray and pray, yeah. you know, you know, blasting emails off or just, you know, it, it, nothing's really customized. It's not tailored to your audience. You're just kind of just sending it out there, hoping that it'll land somewhere. Instead, you're in sales time too. I mean, human time is so valuable to waste on like cold calls and people that are like, screw you, don't call me again. Okay. Why don't we put human time on the people that are like stoked to talk to a human, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you, dude. We we need to prioritize the way we use our expensive resources right. and, and and increase the prioritization of marketing automation where it's where it is not cost prohibitive. Yeah. And 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 just rock it. Yeah, absolutely. Where does this go? What what's the future look like for you? I, I know we were talking earlier, you know, you like to live out in the future. I, I'm with you. Um you know, what's coming around the corner? Or, you know, I know we're kind of co- mid of COVID right now, but are, are there things that will change or that you think will be different when we come out of this thing? Well, the there's some obviouses that I yeah. think people need to understand. Recognizing that big trend before COVID, 82% of buyers say they don't want to talk to a salesperson until they're ready to make a buying decision. There are businesses that are going to die because they're not adjusting. And if a business doesn't adjust to their customer expectations. There's a lot of uh, hard-headed business leaders that are resisting the obvious. If if, um, your business relies on face-to-face interaction in order to sell and you don't pivot right now, recognizing 82% of buyers don't want to talk to a salesperson until they're ready to buy, if you don't pivot right now to use remote selling tactics in with your traditional sales, right. you're going to be continually underperforming until you eventually die. Yeah, And death happens for businesses in or for business people in different ways. You could get laid off because your results aren't as good. Prior to COVID, here's another big trend. Um, the highest turnover on LinkedIn Chief marketing officer. Yeah, right. Right. They get kicked to the curb faster than anything because this game today is all about evolving and adapting to the changing consumer. And those that get there first that are the early settlers claim territory. So the first thing you need to do is recognize you need to start creating some remote, um, remote buying opportunities for your prospect. Now, that doesn't mean that the entire sales process has to be remote. But if people do not want to talk to a salesperson, you got to create these journey pages mm-hmm. that have that are that are like bowling lanes with bumper pin, bumpers in the center that move people through the process. And you got to use video mm-hmm. to make sure you transfer that information. And that's the first thing. And then you got to train your team 
if you have, are selling to different types of prospects and or the prospect, if you have one type of prospect, but you have a couple different contexts that they arrive in, like somebody, let's use you, for example. Yeah. Let's say you've got somebody who uses Marketo. That's their point of reference when they come onto your page. That is a journey page just for the Marketo person who needs to get an Ardmont. There's right. a HubSpot buyer. There's mm-hmm. a, that's another journey page. Yeah. There's another page because those people already have context of what marketing automation is. And in most cases, they're already disappointed. So you have to yeah. start the conversation <laughs> with where they already are. You know, right. you ask a, um, a HubSpot user and, um, and they'll tell you they probably use about 11%. You yeah. talk to a Salesforce user and they will tell you 80% of them, because I've seen the data, don't ask me how I've seen it, but 80% of, of Salesforce customers, their number one thing they say about the experience is hate. Mm. It's hate. Yeah. So A lot of them hate their implementer too, the people that yes. set them up on it because there's some tech nerd that didn't listen to their business case. And yeah, and I see that a lot too. Your contract that you're now handcuffed in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, there's, so as a marketer, you start with that point of reference on the Salesforce page, that's what you're mm-hmm. trying to do, somebody away. Then you probably have somebody who doesn't understand marketing automation at all. Those are like four or five different pages. Yeah. Each one of them has to have, it's virtually the same story, but you have to tweak and nuance that story. So it feels intimate and personal for that person going through it. And that's how you start the transition to remote selling. I mean, I've been I've been trailblazing in this space for a long time, and um, I think it is where like you asked me this big question, dude. Where is it going? Yeah, it's going to remote selling, and then once you have those pages, you train your salespeople to use each page situationally, like Tom Brady uses a playbook on game day. Sure. So you look at the person, you go, oh, they're a Salesforce user. All right, before the meeting, send them off a page with video in it yeah, and say before the meeting, here's a couple of videos where you'll learn about how we're helping Salesforce users, Mm -hmm. right? You lead with video because people are four times more likely to use video. And the faster we move away from email, which has a very bad open rate, 20% open rate over that email's lifetime. Mm -hmm. And we adopt tools that have a really great open rate like text messaging, which has a 98% open rate in five minutes, Hmm. the faster we get comfortable making that transition in a non-salesy way, the higher our conversions will be. Like every one of my clients and prospects interact with me by my cell phone. Really? Every one of them. And not a single time. And by the way, I set that. I'm the seller. Yeah. I'm the, I'm trying to earn their business, but I have... I, I leapfrog from email into a tool that's going to get me better results, four-time better results, five-time better results. Yeah, when I went to the University of Arizona on day one, they said, don't do math in your head. Just use a calculator. It'd be great. But um, so five <laughs> nice. times better results, you jump into text messaging, and then you just have to get really clever at how you do it in a way that doesn't feel salesy. How, how do you transition your prospects who are your, they're not customers yet from, you know, the, the safety of email into a little personal texting yeah. relationship in a few moments on this. Um, I find something in the meeting that is Casey and I jive with sure Casey. Like 
if I was there with you or I went and scoured through your LinkedIn really quick, maybe went over to Facebook, I would be able to pluck out a couple of commonalities that we have together. It could be sports. It could be music. It could be movies. It could be uh, blogs that we both crush. But Casey, like, what is your jam, dude? Are you a sports fan? Are you, uh, do you like movies or music or what is it? Yeah, it's like mountain climbing, skydiving, yeah, self improvement. I know we talked Tony Robbins for like half an hour before we get started the other Um, day. The, the, uh, I I could jive with you really quickly on um, skydiving. Oh, no kidding. Because I have a fear of heights. And I broke that fear by jumping out of an airplane. That's a good good way to do it. I would say to you, I would be like, I would go, oh, Casey, I've got to, dude, you're going to love this photo of me jumping out of a plane. Can right. I text it to you? You're like, yeah, because it's yeah. your jam. You're like, yeah, I'd love to see it. I'm like, totally. Well, just brace yourself because it's not pretty. Right. And then you're like, and now you're in. If you're a sports fan and I'm- um, and that, I guess that, assume, that is, means you assume it, the number you have is their personal oh, number. I, I would, I, you, in most, most people have it in their signature. Oh, like um, mobile. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like um, I, you know, you know, Tony Robbins is a client of mine and uh, I do some speaking stuff for them. And uh, I talk to their whole team. The, yeah. Even when, even right after the first meeting, my follow-up was a text message. It's on their I signature. Like it's like, go, but I don't abuse it. Yeah. But I do, if I'm, here's another thing. If I'm, 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 I do this all day long. If I'm walking through, this is in the old world, Casey, before the quarantine, I still haven't had any quarantine dreams yet. I'm still like, (laughs) but in the old world, like if I'm walking through a restaurant and I see uh, the um, uh, Penn State Nittany Lions are on in the bar, I will take a quick photo of it and I will text it to my client who went to Penn State and I will go, you know, I'll say like, let's go Lions, you know, or something or like, right. come on guys. And then right. hit me up and I'm like, dude, we are just sucking it today. You know, right. Now I'm in the bro zone. I want to be in the bro zone <laughs> with everybody that I sell to. Right. And it never feels creepy to me because I'm not creepy. Yeah. And you're not like, Hey, did you get the docky sign? You're just like, yeah. How, how, how's that football game coming? You know, yes. it's and like my clients, I probably, I'm different dude. I, um, I develop relate deep relationships with my clients and I will talk, they will chit chat me up and ask me questions. Um, throughout the day, I'm part of their life. They're part of my life. You yeah. Know, I want to be part of their, I want to be their trusted advisor for all yeah. digital. Yep. And the way you do that is you get personal. Yeah. I, I see that. I, it's good to hear that too, because I think sometimes in the in the past I've sort of just accidentally done that. Just be like, hey, hey, how's it going? I remember calling one person one time. It was like a partner, and I was like, how are you? What's up? You know? And they're like, oh, um, I have a deal for you. I'm like, I'm not calling to get a deal from you. I'm just literally one checking in. Like, can you answer my other question first? Like, how how are you doing? We'll get to the deal in a second. But like, you yeah. know, what's what's up? Yeah, it's it's more I, fun that way too, right? That's like the real connection. Yeah, you know, the, the human connection we're probably looking for, anyways, when it comes to sales. We are. Yeah. And, and, you know, my grandfather used to always tell me this. We used to go to, I grew up in LA. So um, we would go to like a, a movie coming out on weekend one or something. Yeah. And we would get there and they'd start to see a line developing for the movies. And my grandfather would say, Hey, why don't you guys go grab food and I'll wait in line? Just bring me some, 
to go food or something. I always thought it was weird. Like at the beginning, I was like, maybe he doesn't want to interact with the family or something. And I asked him about this one day we were in the car and he giggled and he goes, oh, I should have told you this earlier. People do business with people they have relationships with. And you always have to be in the business of developing relationships. So if there's a line of people that are going to wait for an hour for a movie, (laughs) that's prime relationship building time. And you know what? I get it because that's FaceTime and that's valuable. And when I would come back and we'd bring his to-go food, my grandfather would know the entire line. They'd all have his cards. They'd all... (laughs) He's a hustler. I like it. Yeah. I mean, that's we build relationships by having, right. you know, we build clients by developing personal relationships. Right. Well, what was it like being you? I mean, who are you? Take us back. Like, so you're growing up, you're, you're hanging out with your grandfather. I mean, what was it like? Did you know you're always going to be the video guy? No. Um, I give you a little backstory because I was kind of a mess. Yeah. And uh, I mentioned earlier that I had really bad attention disorders. Sure. But I also have a laundry list of uh, learning disabilities that I struggled with as a kid. And, um, and and my parents probably gave me more support and attention than anybody else. I and mean, they never gave up on me. They, uh, they never made me feel like I couldn't accomplish. Wow. And um, so they kept just saying, let's just develop your strengths. It wasn't until I was about 23, dude, till this, all these things started coming together. The University of Arizona changed my life. I tell people that they saved my life and it sounds wow. dramatic for other people, but I knew I wanted to do great things. I had to learn, I had to teach myself or be taught how to fake being interested in subjects that were boring. Right. Right. And so once I started developing those skills, really everything became a lot easier and I got to focus on my passion. I was obsessed with being a talk show host. Nice. And uh, by 26, I had a show on the number one station in Arizona and was on the radio six days a week. I started a website in 1999 to show my age and right on. some context for people. This in 1999, even the number one station in Arizona did not have a website. Wow. And I had a website and I'm on the air. So I started learning. So about I'm content. sorry, what was that? Content marketing is what you started yeah, content learning? Content and search is where I got yeah. started. And all I did was rely on the backend data. There wasn't even Google Analytics. We had some simple metrics that we built into the backend of the site, but I'd go in and mm. study it. And inside the analytics is where the answers were. And before right. I did, that website was generating 36 million visitors a year on zero ad dollars. Jeez. And I had weekly opinion writers like John McCain and um, Janet Napolitano, who went on to be Homeland Security and the governor, and basically anybody in Arizona that was a notable, they'd come into the studio with us. And after I would hustle them or their uh, handler to send over a weekly opinion article. And before I, wow. did, it was anytime somebody went on to Google and typed in the governor's name or McCain, I controlled the keywords. And, right. um, and so sh- shortly after iHeartRadio, Premier Radio Network hired me to go out to LA to run digital for seven of their larger, their largest national talk shows. And I uh, got to work with all of these big shows. And then right around 2007, I absolutely burned out on everybody's opinion about the day, what the Kardashians are wearing, mm-hmm. but it wasn't them then, you know, what, uh, 
what's happening in politics or in sports. Like I worked on all of the big national shows and I just burned out and I decided yeah. I wanted to invest my marketing secrets into, you know, helping to improve people's lives. 2010, my stepmom was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I built mm -hmm. the largest breast cancer awareness campaign with video and generated 14 million views and a wow. millions of followers and had a lot of fun doing that. But by 2013, my wife was diagnosed Cancer, and we had all of the answers that we needed to mm -hmm. get through it because we already built it. And uh, the great you already had that, yeah, yeah. My wife, and this is the serendipitous part of life. If you just keep putting yourself out there to be helpful, the universe will keep putting you on the path so you can help people. And in times, you also serve yourself, which is really wonderful. And um, and so today, I'm on the advisory board for the American Society of Breast Surgeons. And right. I, I go to every answer conference throughout the year, all the big ones, and I invest my time to make sure that the quality of care, power of video is undeniable in the role of business today. And I'm just honored to be part of it. Wow. That, that's a, it's quite a story when, you know, you're just putting yourself out there to help people for sure. Um, yeah, no, that, that, it's good to see the background, but that lesson about helping other people and and how eventually it circles back around to you, you're you're in the right place to be able to help people, um, and that's that's powerful stuff. Be able to you know help out with the different breast cancer awareness and the different cancer awarenesses, and then you're at the right place at the right time. So when it comes up again in your family, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, we've been here. We can we can do this. Yeah. And this actually feels like another one of those crises that we're all going through. You know, my yeah. wife said to me as we, you know, we're juggling a lot. We got a big business and um, a lot of staff. And, um, you know, fortunately, we're, we're able to retain people as of, you know, the world as we know it right now. And, um, and we've been quite appreciative to be in that position and yeah. made this. I know a lot of people are struggling and it's made this a lot easier to know that we're able to help retain people, but it's also a recognition for us that we've been through so many crises. I didn't mention all of them. And this was that crisis training has really paid off for us. Yeah, And uh, our home is a lot more chill because we already went through a heart condition. We already went through cancer a couple of times. We already, you know, felt like we were losing the company when we were getting started. And this is just another one of those things. And maybe we've all been training for moments like this in our life. So when we're in a real pandemic, we can rely on what we've already gone through as inspiration to know we can get through hard things. For sure. How, how did you, how did you wrangle the, um, the attention? How did you, how did you, get all that. You said, you know, the university of Arizona helped you pull that they're in. Just, they're amazing. They were yeah. amazing. Um, well, I'll just share with you in the classroom setting because that's the yeah. easiest to explain, but I yeah, use yeah. these same skills in uh, my business life. Okay. So the first thing is my, at the salt center at the university of Arizona, they've got specialists that work with each individual student. And I'm sorry, say that again? they unravel you. Okay, they got it. They're like, they, you know, they're studying you and they're finding out what works and what doesn't work and they make recommendations. And one of them said to me, my, my uh, advisor said to me, so what are you going to do when you get out of here? Mm. I said, well, I'm going to want to be an investigative reporter um, and uh, host a talk show. And she said, when are you going to get started? And I said, oh, when I get hired. She goes, you mean you're not going to practice? 
doesn't practice make perfect? I go, well, I mean, don't I have to wait till I get hired? And she goes, why don't you start investigating your teacher during the class? (laughs) Oh, shit. She said, why don't you just investigate the clues that'll be on the test? And then how, how do you do your notes? And then she set up, showed me how to set up my notes for um, an investigative process. Yeah. And so I started doing that and she taught me the secrets. And the next thing I know, she said, and where do you sit in class? Because you have attention disorders. Where do you sit? I go, well, I actually sit in the sixth row to the outside because I like to watch the room and the dynamics. Of course you do. Like, <laughs> I do right? too. Yeah, yeah. I want to study the room. She's like, why are you studying the room? Are you getting graded on the room? <laughs> right. And I go, I go, no. She goes, do you realize the grades and how they're distributed in the classroom? And I said, no. She goes, there's science on this, Todd. Everybody in the front row gets A's or B's. In the second row, it's A's or B's. In the third row, it's B's and C's all the way to the fourth row. In the fifth through the seventh rows, it's C's and D's. And where you're sitting, dude, what is your GPA? And I was like, all right. She goes, you need to move up to where you want your grades to be and start being the detective. Yeah. And that little switch for me. And so now when I come in and I'm doing like client strategy and I may sit in a room talking about a, uh, a diagnostic test for infectious disease. Yeah. And I may be in that room for two days or three days. They're doing a full data dump Jeez. to get into my team's head, our strategy team. We're learning about the product and we're laying it out. The entire time I'm there, I'm doing those same skills. I'm the detective. But what I'm looking for is what is the path to purchase and what are those items that people need to know? Mm. What, you know? So I'm kind of laying together my own investigative research. And so by the time I got to the radio, I already had a lot of skills and experience to be able to do that. Right. You made it a game. You made it something that, that even you have to do it. You have to be there. Yeah. Right. So that was a big deal for me. And then once I got that, I got confidence. And once I got confidence, then I was like, this is actually easy. And up until that point, I never had an A except in PE. I rarely, if ever, had Bs. And from that point, I only got A's. Hmm. And I only got one, I, I got one B the rest of the time I was in college. Wow. And it made, you know, when I left there, I was like, I can do anything. Yeah. Right? What a setup. Like, what, that's what you want school to be able to give you, you know? Right. Yeah, Western Civ is nice, but if you can leave school feeling like you're invincible, Go for it. That that's the whole deal, right? And they yeah. they taught me how to do that in my own way, and I'm I'm grateful for it, and I'm honored to give back and uh, work with students. But I, what I really do is I'm like, you know, your attention selective. Yeah. This is the first thing I do with people and with students. Is it selective, or can you not pay attention to anything? Because if they're like, like I would do the same thing. Like if I'm finding out that you like skydiving and rock climbing, then I would. If you were a student I was working with, I'm going to start talking to you about skydiving. I'm going to ask you about how long you can talk about that. Sure. Because if you could talk about that like all day and be excited about it and stay visually connected, then you can transfer that into something that you aren't interested in by teaching yourself the skills. Like, like I had a bad t- attention disorder, so I had a hard time making eye contact. The mm. way I strengthen that muscle is... I make eye contact and now it's super easy Right. or um, I'm dyslexic. 
So I had a really hard time with numbers. When I got my internship in college, I was at Apple Advertising hmm. on the Apple, at the advertising um, account and for Apple computers. My first job was to transfer numbers, this dyslexic guy, uh, from, right. from all the books into their new um, computer system that they just got. Jeez. So all day, I strengthened the muscle of taking this number over here and transferring these 10 digits over here and then mm-hmm. double checking. And by the end of the summer, my number skills went through the roof. Like there's wow. all these, you know, I'm asthmatic. So every day I get up and run because I mm-hmm. want to strengthen my lungs. So I'm always thinking about how do I strengthen my weaknesses right. and make that part of my daily process. Right. Wow. You know, all on those same notes, if, if you hypothetical you could go back in time in a time machine, which I may have in Nashville, New Hampshire, um, can't use it now, COVID and all, but you know, that, that gets up. You can use my time machine, borrow it anytime and uh, go back in time to yourself. You just graduated from school and the world's your oyster. You're going to start investigating or start doing these different talk shows. And what kind of advice would you give yourself? What kind of things would you say do more or less of that kind of thing? I would have I would have done a better job tuning out the people that didn't have faith in me. Oh wow! And I would have I would have gotten to, I would have gotten out of my way quicker. Like I'm my biggest obstacle and, for sure. Um, and I'm the biggest obstacle in the company. I'm the biggest obstacle in my relationship with my wife or my family. And the more work that I can do to get out of my own way and be the uh, and be on the path of growth, yeah. the better results I'm going to be. So I, I resisted all of the SALT Center at the University of Arizona's recommendations for my first two years. No, I'm good. I'm good. I got this. Got it. And I'm I just good. lied to myself. So yeah. as soon as I accepted help and I committed to transforming and growing, everything became easy and I would have done it earlier and I would have silenced the educators that put me in the dumb kids classes yep. or um, even the chatter in my own head that made me feel inferior. And I would have, I would have uh, pushed myself in the right direction a little harder. How, how, how do we get our, our own way and in any thoughts on how you get Dude, got out of your own way? All the time. Yeah. Uh, I get in my own way all the time. So um, My, uh, the easiest one for me is I'm really quick-witted. Mm-hmm. Like my favorite thing is like, you know, being fun and laughing and dropping funnies. And Hell yeah. I love that. Like <laughs> I get more endorphins, dude, doing that than anything. So right. uh, the, the, the way that that gets in the way for me is I don't turn it off sometimes. So mm. if I'm frustrated, and, and I've been working on this. I posted a video recently about this, frustration and snapping. And I went and saw a business coach. It turned into more therapy. And, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I was grateful for it. But what I discovered is I get in my own way when I don't put a space between the stimulus and the response. Hmm. Nobody's really asking me to be fast responding when I'm frustrated. I, I'm better off getting out of my own way, pausing, taking a deep breath, thinking yeah. through, and then responding as a as a loving leader or a loving spouse or family member, like I feel like I am and it allows me to do that. So people do this all the time and it happens with limiting beliefs, you know, yeah. uh, uh, business professionals 
put up these limiting beliefs about how they're not charismatic enough or spoken mm-hmm. enough, well-spoken enough, or uh, are entertaining enough to get on camera, or they don't like the way their nose looks. Like all of this BS that we do yeah. that keeps us from getting to the next stage in our life. We all get in our own way. We have to recognize it, acknowledge it, obliterate it, move on. Yeah. And the more we do that, the the quieter that um, limiting belief becomes. Yeah, you know those limiting beliefs that I found it interesting. Yeah, you know, I had a, a couple a while ago, and one of the things I realized so insidious about them is the opposite is usually true. That actually might even be one of your strengths. But your sort of your story is that you're, that, you know, oh, you're, I think for me one was like. I'm not a good friend or who, who would want to be my friend or like, um, you know, some other things you like, Oh, no passion, right? No, actually the opposite, you know, you tons of passion. People do want to be, you know, you just, but your own beliefs can just kind of cloud you and, and, and set you in the completely wrong direction. You know, Casey, when, when my, my wife, Wendy was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, one of our, it happened in the middle of the workday at the office. Mm. And we're so lucky that, the president of the American Society of Breast Surgeons was on my phone while the nurse was telling Wendy that she had cancer on her phone. Mm. And so we had the top breast cancer doctor in the world that we're family friends with. And I know few people get that. And it was a huge honor. But we we were absolutely devastated as anybody. And as, as we walked out of the office, a member of our team caught us down the hallway. And she said, but she's also a, a, a breast and ovarian cancer survivor. Mm. She said, okay, guys, here, this is what you need to know. As you go through crisis, your boat is only so big. You can't have everybody in your boat. There's going to be people that destabilize you along the way. And you need to remove them from your boat because your job is to get across to the other side safely. Mm. So, recognize the destabilizers yeah and politely don't put them in your boat mm-hmm. and we have to do this in our lives you know there For sure there are negative chatters that get into your head that tell you you're not good enough or that you aren't uh, smart enough to do certain things and those people their limiting beliefs are contagious mm-hmm. you gotta keep them out of your boat oh for sure for sure. The, the environment around you is so, so powerful. We kind of forget like, Oh, I I'm going to make a thing to not eat chocolate. And then you have like a bowl of candy on your desk at work. Thankfully it's still at work. Right. But uh, right. <laughs> for right now, but yeah, your environment and people in it and the things in it play such yeah. an important role in that whole so true, experience. Man. So true. Amazing. Well, Hey, how can people connect with you? Where, where do you want them reaching out? Where do you want them harassing you? And hopefully they're, they're not being stalkers and they're actually saying where they heard you um, so you can understand that. And they're not like a LinkedIn lead gen person. Yeah. Um, what what's, <laughs> what are, are some good best. sites? <laughs> Those are the best. Um, all right. So I own a, a digital marketing agency called Wirebuzz, wirebuzz.com. If you're looking for how to pivot your business to remote selling to support your existing sales team, We've created, I've got 20 minutes of free training just on this topic. Cool. And it's available to listeners at wirebuzz.com forward slash remote dash sales is where, where people can get it. It's, um, and then the other place is LinkedIn. I'm dropping LinkedIn bombs every day on nice. 
you know, how to optimize your business or your personal life. And it is my favorite place to go interact with people because I know there's a lot of people that are looking for the tricks to accelerate their sales process and get their business going in the right direction. I think this big thing we're talking about initially earlier is about how, you know, what's ahead of us. What's ahead of us is, you know, it is the unknown, but there are big trends at play. People don't want to talk to a salesperson. People would rather look at video. People would um, like to go on their own journey. People want to use their mobile phone Mm -hmm. more than desktop. And the same is true in B2B or B2C. So if you can hold people's attention, do it in a really entertaining way and transfer the knowledge belief that your best salesperson used to do in person. And now you transfer that onto your website. Now your website becomes your best salesperson. And that's where this world is headed. And the faster we acknowledge that the buyer is in charge, mm-hmm. not the sales team, not the marketing leader, the CEO, the buyer has always been in charge. The faster we make that acknowledgement and adjust or pivot to customer expectations, the faster we can turn on the spigot for revenue again. Absolutely. And to your, you said earlier, like the, the change is happening. So don't be oblivious to that and Stuck in it's your way, belief, dude. It's a limiting belief that business yeah. people have. They're like, "Oh no, our our customers they don't they don't want to buy that way." Yeah. Well, hmm. How how did how did you select all the shows on Netflix the other day? You know, right. it's like exactly or, or Amazon and Prime and all those things. That's easy. Why does the other stuff have to be hard? And so, and if you don't change, your competitor may. Right. Then they're the easy, the passive least, least resistance, and everyone's going to go that direction. And it's also human nature. The people that are watching Netflix are also uh, this rare snowflake that you're trying to market to. The people that use Amazon are also this rare snowflake. (laughs) We're all very similar in the way that we go through the process. And um, and now it's predominantly done via mobile phone. Right. Mobile. I like that texting. I like the the personalness of that and the authenticity and just being yourself and and then making friends with your customers. And I think too too often we don't care about our customers anymore. There's some people that just like, they're just a number on a spreadsheet or something, but it's like, no, they're names. They're really fun. You should hang out with them. Yes. And if you see anything that reminds you of them, mm. or you know, they would think that's funny, take a photo of it, send it to them. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm driving home and, uh, and I see a license plate. My my uh, one of my biggest clients, her name is is Faith. She is a GM of a three billion dollar company, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm her trusted advisor. And so I'm driving home. License plate in front of me says Faith times five. She's got there's five of them in her family. Photo, boom, off. By the time I get to my house, she's like, I love it. Thank <laughs> you. You know, we're bonding. Let's yeah. go. It's it's just human to human relationships. It's all we're doing for sure. For sure. This is amazing. Todd, thank you so much for coming on here and just schooling me for a bit and having some conversation as well and you know, sharing your story and all those things. Thank you. I, I really enjoyed this. And uh, how do I find out about your story? Like what episode is that? You know, there is an episode for that because um, uh, my book came out on uh, Amazon. And so my buddy, Ethan Butte, who if you don't know him, you should meet I know him. Ethan. You know, you yeah, think, I just, yeah. I actually just interviewed him on the Toddcast on Video Marketing. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, like he's great. He's a great dude. Such a good dude. I just chat with him every so often, just because he's such so much fun to talk to. But I had him uh, do my show, do this show, and he interviewed me like I was a guest, and he was Casey, and I was, 
That's Ethan's, great. It's cool. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll find you that episode. Yeah, yeah send it my sure. way, okay? I will. I will do that. Hey, you know, this has been amazing. And I know I've learned a lot of things. So for the people listening, if you've learned something, and I know you have, because I literally have two pages of notes front and back, yes. then share this with someone else. Be a thought leader to like eight people. 97 people, 14 people, whatever. Share it on LinkedIn. It's it's the platform to be on right now. Share something you learned. Not just the actual episode, but just share like, hey, I, you know, here's the episode, but this is what I learned from it. Here's my takeaways. And that way you become the thought leader in the situation. Amazing stuff here. Todd, thank you again, man. We'll love to chat with you again and stay in touch. You're, you're an awesome dude. Maybe we'll see you at the next Tony event when they have them. Thank you, Casey. I had a lot of fun, man. All right, buddy. Take care. And for everyone out there listening, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. Catch y'all next time. All right. A big thank you to today's sponsors. Cheshire Impact, helping marketers and sales win, maximizing the use of Pardot and Salesforce. And a big thank you to Qualified.com, the number one live chat and chat bot platform for Salesforce and Pardot. Remember the giveaway. If you have Salesforce Pardot and you want a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed, then you go over to qualified.com, engage in the chat, do a demo, and tell them that Casey sent you, and that book will be on its way to your door. All right. We'll see you all in the next one.